Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Hey, it's me, Egbert. E-G-G-B-U-R-T. Check out my website at egbert.com. Now it's back to those two dudes who told me they would bring in big ratings. They better are their history. Here are Brad and John. You know what? If Taylor Burks would let me run his campaign, he would be the next congressman from CD3. I'm telling you right now. The guy's blown it. He, I should be his campaign manager, and he, we, would, we, would, we would hit it out of the park. I'm telling you. Well, you know what? Then I mean, he would naturally make enemies with with real estate agents and other people. I mean, it would be the it'd be the the cost of doing business, right, Brad? I guess. Okay. Yesterday, um, all over the news, Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary, the uh, Shark Tank uh, guy, uh, was all over. I mean, I saw this everywhere. He was interviewed. Matter of fact, this, the interesting thing was he was interviewed on CNN, and the, the host, I'm not exactly who it was, he said at one point in time that she was an attorney. He referred to her as an attorney, and he had respect for her. But they went at it. They actually had sort of a somewhat heated interview where he essentially was saying, hey, watch out, business people. You've just had the shot across the bow with this deal with, with Trump and Letitia Jones, or was it, no, excuse me, Letitia James, um, and what's going on in New York where a guy who is a business person who has a lot of, uh, you know, real estate in, in, in a lot of businesses in New York can have a half billion dollar or close to a half billion dollar uh, a judgment against him. And there was no criminal activity. Matter of fact, no one, none of the banks that he supposedly defrauded, the insurance companies he defrauded, ever said anything bad about the guy. It wasn't like it wasn't like he said, "Yeah, my, you know, my house at I've got a beautiful million dollar house at at one two three Mockingbird Lane," and you show up and it's a, it's a trash dump. You know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah. is how you get nailed by by bank fraud. It's not what he did, and. And I'm telling you, if you listen to what he is saying, he was essentially saying, look, business people, get smart. If you're in New York, get the hell out. You know, it reminds me, Brad, of during circa, was it 1992 or maybe it was 96, whatever in that era, when Ross Perot would talk about how NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, would create a, quote, giant sucking sound of all the companies and jobs moving down to Mexico, it reminds me of a mass exodus. Whether it happens or not remains to be seen, but an exodus of companies from New York down south, you mentioned yesterday, moving to Tennessee, moving to other more business-friendly states where where your freedom to operate is virtually insured. So it could be another giant sucking sound 2.0. Well, Smith & Wesson moved to Tennessee, and I'm trying to think where Smith & Wesson was. Smith & Wesson was, were they in Massachusetts? These are all gun manufacturers. Remington moved from New York, a small city in New York, where they'd been for over 200 years. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, two, yeah which is a long <laughs> time. Right, that's longer than... We think of companies that have been around a long time, and you think like Anheuser-Busch. Well, add another century onto, onto, onto Remington, where they were in New York, and they moved to Georgia. And there was another one. Um, I believe Glock is in Georgia as well, too. And you look at these states... 
And to a certain extent, you look at like, for example, in the St. Louis area, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Once upon a time, uh, Shelly and I, we had an office out at uh, 70 and and Lake St. Louis Boulevard. We were in what they call uh, Inspire 70. It was like a, what do you call it, a WeWork kind of place. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like a shared workspace. Type shared workspace. And, and they were shutting it down, okay? So we had to move. So we had a piece of property we looked at in O'Fallon. We were going to try to buy and rehab. And it was interesting because you went to the city of O'Fallon, and they had a deal, and I have to tell you this, to, I still remember this very well, it was very impressive. You go to the city of O'Fallon and you say, look, I'm considering doing this at this location. And what they did was they scheduled everybody that had a say in that could happen or not. The fire department was there, the public works director was there, blah, 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 everybody was there. And you had literally, they walked the building and said, well, you're going to have to do this. And, you know, and like the fire department would say, okay, well, this, you know, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to put it. So instead of having to set up a dozen separate appointments, exactly. you get it all done in one fell swoop. Right. And they all were there at the same time. And they all, you know, were like, okay. And they were essentially working together, you know, which is somewhat yeah. of a unique concept. Rare. Very in, rare. In government. But yet when you talk to people who try to do something in St. Louis City, it's just the opposite. You know, you get very little cooperation. And what's always crazy to me about this is that governments are looking to have people to come and live in their city, work in their city, and invest in their city by growing businesses, putting in plants, things like that, okay? Most of the St. Charles County you know, communities, and to a certain extent, Franklin County as well too, they get that. And they get that when you're coming to possibly coming to town, they're going to do everything they can to help you out. Matter of fact, Lent Pagano at a meeting I was at bragged about the fact that he said that, you know, that if uh, in most cases from the day you show up at, at City Hall, you know, to do all your application process to the day, you know, you get approved, it, typically it's 45 days. And you and you which know, is lightning quick, <laughs> right? Now that's not true of everything. If you want to put in like a you know a half million uh, square foot warehouse system or something like that, obviously that's a different deal. But if right, you're... that's a different thing. So Brad, <laughs> let me ask you this then. And again, for, as as my perpetual disclaimer, the answer cannot be both. The reason why you cannot do that in St. Louis City is it because of the longstanding practices and fiefdoms, or is it the talent level of the bureaucrats in St. Louis City? Why can't it be both? Well, because I'm asking you have to pick one or the other. What, what is the bigger factor? Do people who are talented choose to work in O'Fallon rather than St. Louis City? Or have there, is there just so much bureaucracy in the city that nobody will ever change it? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a third answer because okay. of the fact that my third answer is that when you say talented, and I don't mean to be besmirching people who work for the government, I say a lot of people that that aren't that talented work for the government. Can yeah, I... and the, the people, if you're in O'Fallon or St. Charles County and you have a lot of skill at that type of best practices or whatever, you're working at Energizer or Enterprise or any large corporation. Well, but the whole point of it is that let's be honest. A lot of people, and, and, and this is, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to group teachers into this as well, too, okay? And mm -hmm. my, my teacher friends, are, if they were listening, and they would They'll never, get mad. That's they, okay. They'll get mad, okay? To the point where... What do they all talk about? They all talk about, well, I don't get paid that much. But what's their goal? To work their 30 and retire. 
They come out, you know, they come out of school at 22, yep. 23, 24. They get a job. They work 30 years in the school district. They retire and they're done. Okay. Now, the other interesting thing about this is they all complain about the fact that I have teacher friends and I've sent this, I've literally copied this article and sent it to several of my teacher friends. Don't give me that crap about you don't make, make any money. Look at Dave Ramsey, the top five millionaires in the United States. Number three is teacher. So if, if you're not making any money, how in the world are you, are, are, is, your, is your job classification one of the top five millionaires? Yeah. Because yeah. of the fact that they retire and they get a great pension. And to the point where they may not like the job, but once again, well, you know, I mean, like you hear this in certain things, like, for example, I have friends of mine that used to be in law enforcement. Their goal was you get in your 20. Matter of fact, I know a guy right now who I won't be too specific of who, um, is, is used to be another career, got upset with that career, went into law enforcement. I talked to him about a year or so ago, and I say, how's it going? He says, another year and a half, and I'm out. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, I'm retired 20 years. I can retire 20 years. He's now he's now an officer, not just like a patrolman, but he's like, you know, sort of management in a local police department. And he's when he retires, he's going to be, I don't know, 55, 56, 57. And his wife is already a real estate agent. He's going to sell real estate with her. Because wow. well, it, at least he's not retiring. Because as you've often pointed out, it's a leading cause of death in the United well, States. Well, it is the number number one cause of death in the United States is retirement. Anyway, I, I'm just saying what frustrates me is is like for example, last week we have the situation with with Missouri House and Senate. Okay, they take Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. They take Wednesday off because of the fact that that's the 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 parade in 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 Kansas City. Okay, you can't come back to work on Thursday. You well, can't. it's Hangover Day, Brad. It's well, National Hangover. I don't care. I mean, you know. I mean, once again, I mean, if if I'm having heart surgery, I don't want that doctor saying, "Boy, did I have a bender last night." You know yeah, I mean? yeah, that's true. I mean, I want a guy. who sees like, for example, I am a perfect example of that. I had surgery once upon a time, and I won't mention the doctor's name, but I had surgery once upon a time that didn't go well, and they didn't knock me out. I was under a local anesthetic, okay? It was, let me, let me be more specific, it was eye surgery. And he starts the surgery, and it goes terribly wrong, and the doctor says, O-S blank blank T, okay? It's never a good thing when you're being operated on, and the doctor says, O-S yeah, yeah. blank you, blank you conscious? Yes. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, you know, to the point where you want the best of the best of the best. See, and what's crazy to me is, is that this is, I'm going to take this one step further. This is what I've never understood about unions. Okay. When you're in a union, the whole idea behind a union is if you're a carpenter, Jim, the carpenter, Brad, the carpenter, John, the carpenter, we're all skilled craftsmen. Okay. But yet you, as a carpenter who knows carpentry, knows that Bill is really the best carpenter on the job and that, that Jason is the worst carpenter on the job. He can, you know, if he puts a nail into a board and, and he misses the nail three times, it's a good day because normally he misses the nail five times with his hammer. Yeah, okay? yeah. Okay, but the union will say, we're all the same. We're all the same skill. No, you're not. There's good yeah. guys and there's bad guys. But see, what what's interesting to me is, 
you have you listen to ESPN 101 or Fans 590. You listen to the calls. There's a bunch of those guys that are union guys. And what are they saying? Hey, get rid of that guy. He's terrible. Throw him out. He's no good. Oh, yeah. I get what you're saying. <laughs> but yet, if you showed up at the job site and you were supervising, let's say, 10 union carpenters, and the one guy is doing terrible work and the other two guys have to go over and redo his work, if I said to him, hey, get rid of that guy. Fire that guy. He's a terrible carpenter. They go, no, you can't. He's in the union. We're all good. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the downside of collective bargaining. It's going to be, you're going it, to, it's like in a classroom, you would teach to the lowest common denominator. It's so the, you're going to be protecting the lowest common denominator workers. Exactly. It's the hypocrisy of we're all equal because it's not the case. And why do you have someone, why is the conversation now after three Super Bowl wins, two in a row, oh, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the next GOAT. He's the next, he's, you know, <laughs> he, and, and, and the interesting thing is already they're saying he's the next GOAT. You know, he's, He's better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady won, what, seven Super Bowls? Yeah, something like that. I I don't know how many rings he has. Let's talk about Joe Montana. Once again, yeah, Joe Montana, people like that. You know, Patrick, I think he's an incredible quarterback. He's got a little ways to go still. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or from your era, Y.A. Tittle. Remember Y.A. Tittle? We went to school together. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know if he actually won any Super Bowls. I do know he was an old-timey quarterback, though. <laughs> That's right. That's where, you know, when I, matter of fact, when I, I don't know if I told you this or not. When I played high school football, we still used the leather helmets. Well, you know, my favorite line from from Bill Clay Sr. was when he, one time he was talking about President Gerald Ford, and he just said that Gerald Ford played football too many times without a helmet. <laughs> Well, <laughs> which I thought was one of the more creative insults well, that you could that well, you could levy toward well, a politician. After, after you said what? What did you say? Give, give me the Taylor Burks line. What did he say about uh, Mary Louise? Mary Louise Coleman. What did he say about Mary her? Elizabeth? Mary Elizabeth. Oh, that, that she that she lives closer to Illinois than she does to the third district. What a great line! You know? It's a pretty good line. It, now, I, by the way, have no idea if that's factual or not. I, if, I you know, but what? I'm guessing Taylor probably you know did the math there. I think well, if she lives, you know, if she lives in, in, in if she F- lives in Arnold, I mean that that's a possibility. Right. If you live in Arnold, you're right there. You're pretty close. Yeah, you're pretty I mean, close to Illinois. You, well, you're you're right there because of the fact that there's the Merrimack on, you know, because when you you go south in 55, you cross over Arnold, you're in or, or the Merrimack River, you're in Jefferson County, and and Arnold's right there at the Mississippi. Yeah. You know, yeah. Matter, matter of fact, there are places that uh, I knew somebody that lived down in Arnold, lived in the, in the not so good part of Arnold, and it flooded all the time because I can't remember if that was from the Merrimack or the Mississippi. Well, did they get a check from the government after their house flooded? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I think they the only reason they got a check from the government was that some of the illegal immigrants lived moved in. So. <laughs> yeah. So they, got, they got at least ten grand for registering every illegal immigrant, right. and they got a free phone too, <laughs> right? Which would not be hacked because maybe it wasn't on the AT and T network. And by the right? way, we didn't talk about that. Uh, my AT and T phone is still down. AT and T's having a national. You're kidding? No, it's still down. Uh, my and I still it, on my little word like my little uh, bars should be it's SOS, which means it's it's wow. It's, so, yeah. So only, would it, it could make an emergency call in theory, I guess. I don't know. Here, hold on a minute. Let's, let's, we, we're coming at the time for the. Let me see. If, let me see if I can even make a call out. I'll try this. Let me see if I can do it. Uh, I'll just pull. I'll do recent. I'll do this. I'll try. Are you it. calling Ed Golderman? Hold on. I'm gonna see what happens here. I, nothing right now. It just says calling. So yeah, literally, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm dead in the water. It doesn't work. <sighs> Boy. What, you know, this is going to be interesting. What if this is a hack or something like that? It could be. It could Again, it's the same people that broke into Francis Howell, I bet. <laughs> 
We have to get out of here. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?